Welcome to the Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Tackling some of the biggest issues in men's mental health. Today's episode is sponsored by PH Mass Paul Milnes Cycles. They uh, support youth and junior development and are looking forward to a 2021 with an exciting junior girls team of Millie Kazans, Anna Wardsworth and Maddie Leach. Good luck to all of them. Uh, PH Masters Paul Milne Cycles MAS Design for supporting these kids over the last eight years. And also this podcast as ever is supported by the Living Care Group. You can find more information for them on the Yorkshire Grit Instagram. Thank you. The Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Yes, at 40 seconds of the very first round, declare the winner by Swift! <laughs> Connor Swift is in the octagon! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been waiting to do that for ages. <laughs> <laughs> nice intro. Yeah, yeah I that, like it. Uh, um, so today we are joined, this is episode 12 today, we are rocking, we are flying through these at the moment. Uh, today we're joined by Doncaster Bourne, is that right? Doncaster Bourne. No. No, uh, you live in Doncaster. I live in Doncaster, yeah. But you're on the absolute edge of it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, just on the edge. And then it's into Lincolnshire. <laughs> but yeah, but don't go there. Don't go don't there. Go there. <laughs> so, uh, look, thank you very much for uh, thanks for coming today. Just before this, we were downstairs having a bit of a laugh, um, and then you had a crazy idea about maybe uh, doing a science podcast. <laughs> You thought me and you would ask the questions about the universe and yeah. get someone to sit there. Yeah, I'm just obviously I was saying that uh, I always try and find a, a sciencey podcast that you know answers questions that you think about potentially about space, universe, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And then I give it a bit of a go, and then the podcast just ends up being crap and just talks yeah. about stuff that I'm not interested in. So the thing is, when you start talking about space mm. and place and 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 time i actually do know what the time space compression theory is by david harvey oh yeah and that is that uh if you look at a map of the world england to america by plane but then this guy did a map of the world in real time because you can send money to china in a second or you know uh america to england actually doesn't take three days anymore it takes and the world's quite squished but he didn't <laughs> think i'd know that did you no, no. Well. Um, so look me and you actually did used to race together mm. we did probably one race no two you just showed me the pictures of that yeah, yeah, yeah. What, which one was that oh, uh, CDNW round Cumbria way on is I it I want to say not Ulverston no it was Ulverston yeah, uh, no that. it was Cockermouth rings a bell rings a bell um, and that was a good day out there was Hugh Carthy who's now yeah. third overall at the Welter James Knox other hitters there you, yourself included so the British scene isn't that bad, is it? No, not at all. Um, and then, can you just basically, what we do with everyone who kind of comes on the show is, I know it's a little bit boring, you're, you're obviously cousin of Ben Swift, current national, is he current national champ? Yeah, yeah, current national champ, yeah. Current national champ. Uh, so you obviously come from a, a good family of cycling, but tell us a little bit about, you know, your upbringing, tell us a little bit, a bit about, what got you into cycling apart from it or, or was it all just down to Ben? No, no, not at all. Like, uh, 
I can remember when we was younger, we used to go and watch watch Ben, you know, at the track, Manchester track, and I was never interested. I was just like, my mum and dad would be watching, or my uncle would and that, and I'd just be out playing, running laps of, you know, the velodrome and stuff in the corridor sort of thing. So I wasn't that interested in cycling. And then I was always a sporty kid, you know, I was into taekwondo, cross-country running, football, rugby, tried it all, swimming. Um, and then it wasn't until I was like year seven or year eight in school, and uh, there was this triathlon that got arranged between the other high schools and secondary schools. I sounded American then, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they do call it high school now, don't they? High school, secondary school, anyway. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we were doing this, uh, this triathlon got arranged between the other schools and it was, I think I was year eight at the time. And then uh, we was racing against the other year groups. We went to this leisure centre, jumped in the pool, you know, came out of the pool. The locals there gave everyone like, just random bikes. There was like mountain bikes. There was like women's shoppers bikes. Did a couple of laps around the field, dumped them, did a couple of running laps. That was it. You didn't know, there was no winner or anything like that. You didn't find out anything, but there was some people taking times. Right, okay. The week after the PE teacher said to me, oh, you won the whole thing. You know, my time was the fastest and we was against the other year group older than us. And I was like, oh, mega. So I came home buzzing. I was like, oh, dad, can I try some, you know, triathlons? Triathlon. Yeah. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, sure. So uh, we got a bike from my cousin, a road bike, uh, just a real old, I think it was called a Marcini or something like that. You heard of him? Marcini? Marcini. And it was a road bike? Road bike, yeah. Never heard of it. I'll anyway, try and get a picture of it. Yeah, got got one of those. He gave me an helmet and things like that. And I did triathlons for like two years. And I was like under 16s and I was always close to being... Uh, I never knew you did triathlon. Yeah, I was always close to being the under 16... Yorkshire champ sort of thing, but there was a guy called Elliot Smalls, who's, you, you might know him, goes out on the Leeds chain gang sometimes. Elliot, is he a triathlete? Yeah, yeah. No, tra- I won't know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's funny because you're, how old are you now? You're 22, three. 25. Got that wrong, 25. Because yeah. um, Johnny Brownlee is obviously, you were, you never, did you look up to him when you did triathlons? No, did yeah, did yeah. you know about him? No, you know, I knew about them because those guys were just like jumping on the scene at that sort of time. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, so triathlons were going really good. I was uh, not so great at swimming. I'd pulled back my time on the bike yeah. and then it ended up being kind of a bit of a running race between the other lads that were, you know, similar sort of ability at that time and we'd turn up to the local sprint ones and stuff. And then because I was strongest on the bike, I did a couple of youth races at that one well and then I went over to Scunthorpe Track a couple of times. One well. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been to one well. Class A. Barnsley, Class. one well. yeah. And I'd turn up there and there'd be Jake Scott or Jake Womersley and they'd just, you know, do laps around me, kick my head in. And then, uh, and then yeah, I think first year junior, that winter, um, I was like, right, I started going out on the local Donny chain gang, started training with Ben a bit, Russ yeah, a bit. Yeah. We'd do like 60 miles before the normal Saturday chain gang and <gasps> I'd, I'd jump onto the chain gang afterwards and I'd just get dropped. But then every weekend I'd go back and I'd get a bit further. Right. And then I get a bit further, and I'd make it to the end, and then you just kind of see this progression. And, so, hang on, uh, and how old were you then? Uh, first year junior. So, what am I like? Sixteen. So you keep kept on getting dropped, kept on mm. getting dropped, kept on getting dropped. So, what made you be like, mm, I'm crap at this. I'm going to do uh, cricket again, or because you said you chose a lot of different sports. Yeah, yeah. So, what made you? Is it because of Ben? Did you think, Nah, I'm not letting him get over this, or what made you want to carry on? I think at the, at the moment when I thought I'd ditch triathlons. 
this is what I thought my process was. At the minute, I'm trying to focus on three sports. If I just focus on one, maybe I can you know get better. I had my cousin that's you know we watched him in the Beijing Olympics and he's doing all these massive races. We were at a Sunday dinner at my grandma's and we're watching him on the TV and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm just getting into cycling at the time and then uh, and then bike box Alan, which was my first race team, he seen me on the chain gangs and he seen me you know progressing each weekend and he was like, oh, I'm going to start up a, a bit of a race team. Gave me a, a jersey, a bit of kit, a helmet. Yeah. And then uh, and then he ended up giving us bikes for you know the following season, first year junior. And this is Bike Box Allen. Bike Box Allen. Can yeah. I just stop you there? Right. I actually see this bike spot, bike box Allen. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Who is he and what does he do? Yeah. So he's he's from Rotherham, Wickersley Way, and he he makes bike boxes. You know yeah. that you you buy you, you take your bike onto the plane. Yeah. And yeah, Bike Box Allen, that's his brand, that's his company, and he just sells, you know, bike boxes. So uh, obviously he's trying to, like, you know, promote his business. So it's best to do it for recycling. Creates a, a bit of a, a junior team with local guys that are on the chain gang, basically. And then, yeah, first year junior, I had no results to my name or anything like this, but he set up this team, gave me a bike and gave me a bit of kit. And then, yeah, my mum and dad started taking me around, you know, the country doing the National Junior Series got my absolute head kicked in all of them like getting dropped i was crap as a junior honestly proper crap and yeah <laughs> so first two junior years i was bike box then first year under 23 bike box i can remember the nationals uh lincoln i think it was yep. dropped i was crap and, and is, is this all still why i live it like where were you living at this point yeah i was living at home i and, did and where was home uh, more ends where I live now, same village, Doncaster. Same village. Yeah, same village. And yeah. who's mum and dad? So my dad's uh, Nick Swift, and it's actually my stepmom that I was living with. Uh, yeah. yeah, Angie, and then uh, my real mum lives uh, down south in Bath. Yeah. Uh, well, Bristol way. Um, so yeah, obviously I'd see her every, every now and then. Yep. Um, and yeah, then yeah, I came out with the juniors, and then I was in sixth form at the time. Uh, and then, yeah, sixth form, kind of, you know, juggling school. I was kind of then getting serious on the bike, trying to, you know, dream about being like a, you know, do this full time, try and go in Ben's sort of footsteps. Yeah. And so then, was he a big, was he starting to become a bigger and a bigger influence on yeah. your early life, would you say? Yeah, definitely. Because at first I wasn't interested at all. Triathlon, you know, Ben wasn't like in the picture. And then when I started focusing on cycling, getting a bit better and then he gave me some sky kit said swift on the side i'd go out in the morning on, <laughs> a, on my bike you yeah. know do a do a fast 20 miles as fast as i could i'd be fully skin suited up in the sky kit and um have the helmet on and everything and uh, and then yeah then it was kind of like becoming my idol and like kind of and then before then it's just, there's nothing else in your mind other than i'm going to be a professional cyclist then is it that that's kind of where it was going my mum obviously wanted me to go to uni while i was in sixth form I was like, no, I want to have a part-time job, you know, focus on cycling for a year. Give, yep. I was trying to persuade persuade them, give me a year, let me see if I can do it, and then I can always go uni afterwards. So I started a job at Morrison's, like 10, 15 hours a week, I think it was. Did a year, didn't really get anywhere. I, I think I was on Envelope Master at the time with Dave Coulson. Yeah, remember that kit, blue, yeah. and, blue with a white stripe or something, yeah. Yeah, um, won the Yorkshire Champs. Oh no 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 no! Sorry sorry sorry. This the before that I was on polypipe, polypipe with Ash Brown. Ash Brown, yeah, polypipe. So I've kind of stepped up a little bit. Elite team, you know, racing the Premier calendars, that sort of thing. 
still got a part-time job. And then um, that team folded. And then I said to my mum and dad, give me another year. You know, I can I can make it, you know, onto like a continental UCI yeah. team. And they was like, all right, then started this job at this petrol station, working a few more hours, trying to get a few more money because I'm yeah. getting a bit older now, like 19, 20 or whatever. And then, uh, and then yeah, Polypipe folded. I joined Envelope Master, Dave Coulson's team. And then that's when I started getting top tens in the Premier Calendar. Um, yeah, I remember. Well, did you do well at, no, not top reservoir. Um, the first Prem of the season, uh, God. Chorley? Chorley, that was it, yeah. Jeez. Got a top 10 there. What year was that? 2017, 16? 2016, yeah, 2016. No, I did it in 2015. No, I think I did. I, now I remember how hard that race is. Yeah, tough, eh? So I don't, and you got a top 10? Top 10 there, and that was like a big first, like bang, yeah. Because it goes to Rivington Pike, something yeah, like yeah. five times. Yeah. <laughs> good, uh, good turkey. Yeah, tough turkey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, did that, and then... Um, I, I won the Yorks Champs that year, and then and then yeah, I had that crash. I do remember about. you won the Yorks Champs solo, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Solo, and then you had the talk us through this crash because I think I think you're kind of because you're such a modest guy, and then maybe some people don't realise how actually how bad the crash actually is. Was just talk us through what happened, and you know, mm. uh, you know, you're obviously fine now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah, so obviously. Um, that, that season was going good. I'm on this Envelope Master team, Dave Coulson, you know, kind of elite team wanting to go on to Continental. Season's going really well. Uh, did a training camp with Ben in Gran Canaria. Um, so that that was ace. Came back a couple of days later, did the Yorkshire Champs, won. I was like, yeah, this is mega. This is just coming into the Nationals. I think I would, would have been, yeah, under 23. So I was targeting the time trial, out on the time trial bike one evening, doing a local 10. And then on the way there, warming up, bang, went into the back of a van that was just parked up on the side of the road. It was like kind of half on, half off the curb. Went into the back of it. Next thing you know, I'm in the hospital. I'm in one of those, you know, beds where you just strapped down, all my family's around me, and then I can't feel anything or anything like that. And I was just, I can remember just looking at them and just crying, you know, because I was like, didn't know if I was paralyzed or anything like this. Oh, God. And then uh, late that day, after scans and everything, I'd fractured, yeah, loads of ribs, uh, this bone in the bottom of my skull, my hand, um, bit of my vertebrae. Uh, and yeah, then I was like in hospital. Um, and yeah, I, that, it was a really bad crash. Uh, then I had a neck brace on. Um, I think they said like six six to eight weeks recovery. So obviously I wasn't going to be racing my bike again that year. But as I was in hospital, I was like, you know, the V718, it was you know, the TT course. The yeah, whole, yeah, the flat there, one, there the was, flat. Yeah, yeah. There, there was people doing like 17 minutes on there. And because I was really interested into my time trial and I was like I'm going to be racing on that course at the end of this year and I, in, as I was in hospital and the bed that can hardly move I was like I'm going to be on my time trial this, you know, this year sort of thing my parents were like just don't rush anything that sort of stuff and then um, yeah my recovery went super good I kind of put the crash behind me and then I didn't really get any results and it was kind of like am I going to carry on cycling trying to get a team because this was like my last year of yeah. you know, my mum and dad letting me kind of not pay board and you know oh, yeah, a pay job. Yeah, yeah yeah and there was like you know you need to kind of step up or not and then madison genesis luckily took an opportunity uh, well opportunity took a, a chance on me didn't really know how i'd fu fully recover um, and who, who was that who contacted you or did you contact it them was or? kind of through through tom stewart at the time he kind of helped quite a bit and there was a guy mike norvey that had just took over the ds there mm -hmm. 
and yeah, they, they they got speaking to me. I won a little national B circuit race back end of the season. How dare you say little national B? Never no, no, say just that. just it was down it was down south. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> joking there, love joking it, there. Love it, love it. Anyway, so I won I, I won a race after after this crash, and then they took a chance on me, and uh, yeah, I signed with Madison Genesis for the 2017 season, and then that's where it, that's where it kicked off. Fantastic. Oh, wow. It's just so good. It's just so... Um, I do remember doing uh, that Roy Tame race mm. earlier. Oh. Yeah, I, I do remember that. And I was pinging that year. Yeah. I mean, like, flying. Yeah. and Well, I thought I was anyway. Um, and I remember we were in the break yeah. with Marcin Blocky, And oh, you yeah. must have been... How old are you? I, I was 16, 17, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I did, hey, Martin I did. is an absolute he, you know he's a scary man isn't he yeah yeah. I just remember who is this lad like he just won't like he just won't go because Felix English was there yeah Tom Moses, Tom Moses who was absolutely flying Chris Opie Chris Opie in the break there was that the Paralympian guy with one leg Joe Metal some now Steve Lampier super strong Steve Lampier to this day argues that that guy has got an unfair advantage mm. and and he's he was phenomenal yeah 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 and uh, and this break was unreal. It was we were we were hammering it. And yeah. I was like, God, this who is this guy? And I think that's when I first because I remember going up to Dave Coulson after the race because it was down like near Reading Way or mm. Buckinghamshire. Yeah, yeah. um, and Dave Coulson saying to me, Oh yeah, this lad's gonna be this lad's gonna be something. Like trust me, he's gonna be a uh, he's gonna be mm. some some rider when he's older. Yeah, I remember going up to Dave Coulson afterwards and saying to him. God, who is that lad? Because you must have been on Junior Gears. Yeah, yeah, I will have been, yeah. And I'm sure Marson was on a 54. <laughs> and you just you hung on with basically absolute hitters. Mm. Yeah, no, it was. I can remember you saying to me, uh, you know, speaking to Dave Coulson and sort of stuff and kind of looking after me a bit and saying, <laughs> oh, you know, try and save your legs, mate. But I didn't really listen back then. I should have listened. No, mate, you were the perfect guy to be in a breakaway <laughs> That's with. That's it, exactly, yeah. Back then, all I used to do was just... Ride until I die, basically. I yeah, but I've, but there's nothing wrong with that. Well, what yeah. is wrong with that? Exactly. It. The, I got. How how, to, how how are you going to get stronger? I got talking to Ben like last winter, and I said like that's how I would just treat the local chain gangs. I would literally turn off with Russ, Jake Tanner, those guys. I'd turn off, chop off with them until I got popped. Yeah. Like if I made it to the finish, that'd be a great session. Like you know, throwing off, even try and sprint. But there was so many times that I'd just get dropped from the chain gang. I was kind of like. I'd turn up and people would know it'd be kind of like a, you know, they want to ride hard today. And I'd, I'd turn up and I'd just go until I'd die. But people now, I feel, are scared to get dropped. like Because of social... Yeah. Look, there's a lot of similarities with me and you here. Mm. I got a Cervelo team kit mm. and uh, some wheels now went out and I did 20 miles as hard as I could yeah, out, yeah, out yeah. Yeah, and I thought I was the next Heinrich Hausler. Um, I used to first get in a break and just mm. go as hard as I could and people yeah, yeah. used to slag me off and chain gang I remember people saying you'll never get around chain gang yeah, yeah. I remember Alistair Brownlee saying to me you will never ever as long as I'm here you'll never finish chain gang because mm. I was big one I? Yeah, I, yeah, st yeah. I still am I was always big strong though um, and uh, but I never let Four it hours. I never let it beat me up too much but anyway but um, I don't think there's anything wrong when it comes to training yeah. to lay it all out on the line. Yeah. Because you get a big heart from it. Mm. If I see someone who can give it all out their heart and 
give every little bit of themselves, I'm like, that guy's going to be a winner. Yeah. I'm sure that's how Philip Gilbert turned pro. I'm probably talking absolute shit here. But I'm sure he didn't win the season he turned pro, but they saw him just give it his yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. And that guy was yeah. like, God, that guy's just... Because mm. if, if you can do that, then you're going to win, aren't, they? aren't yeah. you? But I also, I can remember, I read something back then, like when I was, you know, I had it in my mind, I wanted to, you know, step up, become professional. You surround yourself with guys that are better than you. Of course you do. You surround yourself with guys that are better than you and you see them on the chain gang there going through and off as hard as they can to the end. Like, that's what you need to be doing. Yeah. And like... I, like, like who, who, who would want to miss a turn? <laughs> I, 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 some people think it's mint missing a turn. Yeah. If I missed a turn against... I remember the chain gang, it was like Al, John, Scott, where it's, you yeah. know... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If I missed a turn, I'd be like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I, nah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, so I don't, I, I don't get that mentality yeah. of less is more. I yeah, think yeah. more is more. Yeah. There's obviously some defining moments in your career, Connor. One is obviously the British National Championships at Stanford. Mm. So uh, that day when you woke up, probably in a Premier Inn yeah. um, or a local Airbnb, yeah. what can you talk us through that day when you won? Because the Riles, to be honest, that is probably your ideal course, isn't it? Let's be honest. Beaumont, yeah. It is, isn't it? I'd never really done a good ride on there before. Really? Yeah. But, no, it's a good course, actually, isn't it? I'm thinking about it. For you, yeah, because yeah. it's gravelly roads. Just big, hard roads. Yeah. Gritty, narrow, yeah. then big, mm. up, down, bit The rails actually scares me, that last little kicker, that, that does scare me. I can think, I can remember when we did it. Because it's two hills, isn't it? Yeah, it's like two, but it's super steep, isn't it? And I, and I am a bit scared, even if I'd go to race on there now in, you know, just not scared of it, scared of someone attacking on there, you know, and yeah, me potentially you, getting dropped. Nah, nah, not up there. That's why at the Nationals, I always made sure I was like second or third or even on the front or even leading it up there, you know, in case someone did attack. So I didn't, so I had that sliding room. So go on, talk us through the break, if you can remember that, because no, it's yeah, always no, hard I to remember. I can remember it, you oh. know, so we started, obviously I, everyone wants to be in the break at Nationals. You've got teammates going on and off and because of your teammates, you're like, Oh, can't really go, can I? But it's the Nationals. Yeah, <laughs> fuck them off. <laughs> so anyway, this this break's gone. There's 10 guys already gone. Our Ben's up the road, a couple of others. And I'm thinking, oh, no. But there's still quite a lot of guys attacking behind. And I can remember Owen Dull went and uh, Dan Biggin was on his wheel at the time. And uh, this this group just formed. I think there was like eight of us. Owen Dull was ripping through. And I can remember I was like, I'm not on a good day here. I'm... I'm, you know, suffering, like, trying to ride through to catch, you know, yeah. the group that's up ahead. Anyway, we caught them, and then I think there was a third group that was behind us, like, four or five guys, and then it formed, I think there was, like, 18 of us or something, really big group up the road. Everyone going through and off, and then that formed and kind of settled in, and, you know, everyone kind of knew no one's coming across to us now. This is the group. Um, who was there there? Like, there was our Ben, Adam Blythe. Mark Christian, Owen Do. I'm just trying to pick out, you know, the the big guys that I was ben kind Heverington. of scared of. Yeah, Ben Heverington was there. Dan Bigham, obviously. Yeah. Um, there was a few others. Solid breakaway. You know, it's going. Ad Adam Blythe, he was. Had, had you yeah, caught the initial he, break? By yeah. Him? Oh, I'm talking about. Yeah, this is like the full race move formed. This was. There, I'm trying to think. Well, um, it was an un yeah, unbelievable break. A decent, but, decent break. But I'm not trying to do it to st a disservice here. Mm. Every other national championship since then. Mm. was only ever 11 finishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was always Cav, mm. uh, Stannard. Mm. This kind of broke the mould, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a really strange, it was a really strange one. Normally it was always 
Andy Fenn or some, mm. you know, it was like, but you actually saw domestic riders getting in the break yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. in this one. Yeah. Because yeah. it's such a sporting course. It wasn't yeah. a ridiculous course. Mm. Like, you remember Nationals round Glasgow? No, I never did it. Didn't do it's it. It's just like a crit. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the point in that? Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or Lincoln, yeah. where Kenner won. There's only ever going to be so many finishes. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. And yeah, just thinking back to that morning, um, I can remember because the previous two Nationals didn't finish. Like, had crap nationals. Yeah, because they just... And yeah. I said on the video to Corinne that was filming at the day, I said, oh, third time lucky. And there's a really good video of the nationals highlight now and you, you see me say that. And obviously I was positive thinking in the morning. And then when I was in that move, I was kind of like, you know, I can I can potentially do a top 10 here. You know, I've got an all right sprint on me. I was thinking if I was up against, you know, I knew it was going to whittle down. And back then, I st well, I still think it now, I always I like to have... A bottle of half coke half water i kind of think as that as my like rocket fuel you know for like the last 40 minutes of a race and i can go you know really good off of it picked it up and then the group was starting to whittle down starting to attack we're coming into the last lap and uh i was actually kind of forcing a few moves and we was riding through when well when i was forcing the moves and people were suffering and i can remember gab saying to me oh knock one off and i was like he's hurting here and then uh there was what did gab say he was like, knock one off. <laughs> you know, like, like he, he's... Yeah. Wait there. I think it, well, it definitely I think it well, definitely was Gabs. <laughs> We're gonna but I don't want to call him out anyway. But um, yeah. anyway, someone said that and I was thinking, right, you know, the people are hurting here and I'm feeling pretty decent. I've got my Coke. I'm having a few swigs. I'm like, yeah, I've got my rocket fuel. And, um, and then, yeah, it kind of came back a bit together. And then Ben said to me, just attack, mate. Because Ben Heverington went, came back. Yeah, yeah. I, and I went over the top of Ben Everington. I remember. Yeah. And With about 6K to go, 7K uh, to go. Yeah, something like this. And uh, my cousin said to me, just go, mate. And I went on this little drag. Ben Everington was up the road, went past him. And uh, yeah, I just kind of had it in my head, just don't look back. Because uh, I had that in my head because when Serge Powell's won the Tour of Yorkshire, I can remember, I, don't, I, I, I pick up on these things. Rog Hammond said to Serge Powell's when he went solo and won the Tour of Yorkshire, don't look back. So then when I went went on this move, I was like, don't look back. And um, yeah, I didn't look back. And, uh, <sighs> wow, that just, is such a good story, that. Mm -hmm. And it was such a, it's quite an iconic, um, if you're in the British scene anyway, it's quite an iconic finish, I find, Stamford mm -hmm. and, well, Beaumont, I've raced on there. It's a very, because it, it goes through the village of Stamford yeah. and then you do a left kicker up to the Wig hill. Wiggins won on there. Yeah. I, I was there when, I, when Wiggins won, watching. It's it's just yeah. it's a cool English it's village. Great, yeah, it's yeah. very much it to me. There's a village hall. It just defines what mm. the British scene is. It, you know, it, it's as simple as that. Uh, no, that's really great to hear that. Um, which kind of so you won you won the British Nationals um, and then you got picked up by RKS Samsic halfway through your second year at Madison. Yeah. So I, obviously, I won the Nationals, stayed with Madison Genesis that year, and then I stagiered with Dimension Data. Oh, yeah, you did for yeah. a little bit, didn't you? You yeah. did a Norway, some race yeah, in Norway. Yeah. Arctic Tour Norway. Great I remember race. you seeing you go on the attack up the Berg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I remember the, I pick up, I remember yeah, everything, yeah. mate, when yeah. it comes to cycling. Class. Um, um, so, yeah, obviously I stagiated with Dimension Data um, and kind of got told at the time, you know, I'm going to end up getting a contract out of this. Um, and then I ended up riding the Tour of Britain for Madison Genesis. Yeah kind of getting told oh yeah you know talks getting on with damage and data is going good left it super super late like kind of 
was told, you know, it's going to happen with them. And then I can remember I went on, my girlfriend did a bet on me at the Nationals and she won two grand. <gasps> yeah. And we used that money and we went to Mexico, you know, that in October. How much did she put on? She put 20, she put a tenner each way. So she, 20 pound bet and she <sighs> won two grand on me for me winning Nationals. So that we is unreal. used that money because we went to Mexico for two weeks and we went out there and it was my birthday. And uh, on my birthday, I got told the deal with Dimension Date is not happening. This is the 30th of October. Bastard. So then we're going into November, national champion, not got a contract for the following year. And I'm being told now, oh, you need to uh, ask Madison Genesee if, if they've got a spot on the team, oh. which they didn't because they only have 12 riders each year and they, they had 12 riders. So uh, I had to go back to Madison Genesis, ask for a ride. And then, yeah, that happened got a ride with them and then in May the following year while I'm still a national champ I um, yeah went to RK Samsic RK Samsic mm. now they're a French team aren't they mm. Fr French, are they all French speaking um, yeah I can remember my first race yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd love to see Connor Swift do French I can uh, remember, bonjour mate <laughs> yeah obviously I didn't didn't focus on French at school at all we did it at GCSE I think I got a C but this is like, what, four years on? Didn't, you know, learn French. It all came around so fast joining this team. And yeah, I think I spent like a couple of weeks trying to pick up on a bit of French and got to the hotel, seen the me me uh, mechanics. And I said, uh, je suis, I uh, know, oh, I said, uh, I said, bonjour, je suis Connor, <laughs> which is, I am Connor. <laughs> They've got an English guy coming up to him. Of course they know it's Connor Swift that's just signed for the team. <laughs> so that's, how, that's what my French was like when I first joined the team. And uh sat for lunch with just the mechanics and a couple of swannies and they're yeah. all talking French and I'm like, what am I in for here? And but, then, but you must be excited. Oh, I was super excited, because yeah. Because if someone says to me cycling, I always think Belgium. Yeah, Just yeah, Belgium. Yeah. Gets me going. Yeah. But there's something about must be a French team, a, a, a French DS coming up to you. Yeah, yeah. Red wine, <laughs> pan of uh you know, Boulangerie, yeah, yeah. The the heritage of of Latour, you know, mm. the, it must feel that must motivate you. Yeah, definitely. And I, all the the French races that I did with Madison Genesis seemed to suit me. So I was like, oh, I'll join this French team. They do a lot of French races. It'll be good. And uh, yeah, that first race it was uh, Tour of Dunkirk. Uh, the the morning of which that. is next to Bruges, isn't it? That is basically Belgium, isn't it? Um, it's I'm, up, not, I'm not that good on the maps. It's Depana. It's up, yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. basically up there. Yeah. I can remember the team bus. I was I was on a French team bus, like uh crowds really know what's gonna happen. And uh, the the team meeting, full French. I'm like, oh my god. I, I I was naive. I thought French team, French people spoke English. No, they don't. And they don't. And I was super naive and I thought, I'm gonna be alright, I don't have to learn French. Team team meeting <laughs> before the race. All French. Start the race. Race radio. All French. So what are you supposed to do? Crosswinds. I soon learnt what Vont, Vont Le Coute is crosswind. <laughs> Say, that again. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. Vont, Vont Le Coute. And that's crosswind. Soon pick that up. Soon and uh, neutralise. Vont Le Coute. Bang. I'm in the gutter on this bike that I rode for 40 minutes the day before. Brand new bike. Brand new kit. Not everything. And I'm like, oh my Cause god! Because that cracks you, doesn't it? I just when, done? when something's not set up. Oh, yeah. Was it a BH bike? BH bike. Yeah. And what was that like as a bike compared to a Canyon? Was it all right? Or um, I came from a Genesis. The Genesis bike was good compared to the Canyon. It was. It's. It's an all right. It's. You know. It's your bog standard carbon, bike. Yeah. yeah carbon. It's, it's decent. 
Um, but the canyon is a cut above. The can, yeah, the canyon that I'm on now is super, super, super good. Would you say it's the best bike you've ridden? Um, people say this just for sponsors and stuff, but yeah, honestly, the I'm not that I'm, I like the ultimate, but the Aeroad, that sort of bike, it's just it's mega. Yeah, is that integrated it. cockpit with all that? You know, all the shebang. Yeah, and it's fast. Yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's, love it, love it. Mm. So you learnt Le Cutte. Le Cutte. Vont Le Cutte. Vont Le Cutte. Vont on fast, headwind. <laughs> Vont Le Do, on Do. Or it's um, so headwind. French team, uh, obviously you don't have to live in France, which, no, is, no. A, which is a bonus. Mm. They probably fly you out and stuff. Um, they probably ring you up. And S- uh, Second year on RK Samsic. Mm. How did he get the call for the Tour de France? Or was it an email? Or was it a WhatsApp in one of these group messages? Or did Nairo ring you up and go, hey, Connor, I don't know what accent yeah. that was. <laughs> 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 Do you know, uh, Yeah. how did you get that call yeah, to so say you're doing it? It would just go back to the the, the first year. I, like um, people said, oh, you could be doing the Tour de France. And I was like, no, no chance. I'd, I'd been racing for Madison Genesis. And... Uh, I did the second race for the RK Samsic and the, the shortlist for the Tour de France squad got released. And my name wasn't on there. I'm like, yeah, not doing the Tour de France this year. And then we was like, and then obviously I did quite a few races for the team and they was impressed. Like I joined the team because of Andre Greipel. He wanted me to go there. And then- You being serious? Yeah. What do you mean? The only reason I joined RK Samsic was because of Andre Greipel. No, hang on, hang on. Only, so what, he-, he- it like, patted you on the back and went, excuse me, what's your name? No, no. It happened through my agent at the time. Speaks to Andre Greipel. He was speaking to him and he was like, the guys on the team, there's a lot of guys sick and injured. I need to strengthen my lead out. And then this, uh, my agent said, oh, Connor Swift, he's looking for a team. Blah, de blah. And he was like, oh, I can remember him from the Tour of Britain last year. And uh, he said, oh, can he join the team? And my agent was like, uh, as a stagiaire or for next year and he was like now and then my agent obviously messaged me and that's why it all happened so fast and then I was like I was, I didn't believe him at first you know Andre Greipel like why would, what how does he know me what a compliment um, so yeah I went to tour Dunkirk and Greipel was there and I can remember I hugged him <laughs> I've never even spoke to the guy he sent me a couple of whatsapp messages before I joined the team and you know he's happy that I was coming and all this sort of stuff and uh, first time I'd seen him in person, first time I spoke to him in person, seen him in the corridor, he just got back from a training ride and I just like shook his hand and like went to hug him. I don't know why, but he was as solid as a rock. He's massive. And I kind of just like bounced off of him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a gorilla, isn't that yeah, his name, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and I kind of thought, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have hugged him. Hugged him. Nah, I would have done. He wouldn't, he, but, he, he didn't, nah, he wouldn't have minded. No, no, he didn't mind, but I just kind of bounced off of him. Anyway, that's how it came about and that year, so I was supposed to be with him in his lead outs and then he was going to the Tour de France, didn't end up really racing with him much. Um, and then about 10 days before the Tour de France, the, the top guy of the team actually said to me, what 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 do you think if you potentially went to the Tour de France this year? And he was asking me these questions and I was like, I've never done three weeks on the bike before. Longest race I've done is Tour of Britain. Uh, I haven't got a clue, but you know, if the opportunity came about, I'd be open to it. And this kind of happened like last year. And anyway, nothing came of it, but he asked me those questions, you know, leading into the Tour de France. So they clearly considered me a little bit. And um, going into the winter, I was like, oh. And my agent said to me, oh, you can potentially, you know, race the Tour de France next year. So I always kind of had in my mind, like, the team's going to be doing it. I can potentially race it. 
And then I went to Paris Nice and with Quintana in the crosswinds, the team were really impressed. And yeah, since then they always kind of said, oh, you know, you'll be good for Quintana in the tour. We went into lockdown and everything like that. And uh, the DS kind of said to me during lockdown, um, yeah, you're going to be riding the tour this year. And he kind of said it in a, a bit of a conversation and I kind of didn't sink in. And I kind of then said afterwards, I'm going to be riding the tour. And he was like, yeah. Came off the phone, didn't really act too excited. I told my girlfriend and she was like getting all hyped about it. And I like didn't really accept the fact. So during lockdown, I had this kind of, I'm riding the Tour de France this year, but didn't really believe it. Didn't really know if it was going ahead. Anyway, we're getting closer and closer to coming out of lockdown. Training camps are getting put in place and things like that. They're all, they keep on saying, you know, you're going to be doing the Tour de France. Yeah. Going through my race programme, you're going to be doing it. And it wasn't until it got released from the team, you know, on like social media and that sort of stuff. And I'm like, I'm going here. I'm going to the tour. And yeah, it kind so of came about like that. How do you train for it? Do you do anything different or do you just do the same? I was doing local 10s. Just doing local 10s? I, I was at Cookney going after Ben's record, course record. Because, and you, because you, you won it to get sort of Velo, Velo UK did something, yeah, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. But how do you, do you train any different for it? Or is it like, look, you can't train for this. You're just going to have to. Well, know. obviously it was, a, it's been a super strange year. I kind of had it in my head like everyone's in the same boat here. Then there's no races before you've got a month before the Tour de France. You, there's only a certain amount of race days you can do. I did a training camp in the Pyrenees with the team. You know, that's mountains there. First time in the Pyrenees. And I was going good. And I was like kind of confident and kind of spoke with my coach, Kev Dawson. And we kind of said, you know, everyone's in the same boat. No one knows where they're at. It's the perfect time to do your first Tour de France because everyone's such in the unknown. And I kind of had it in my head, yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's how it is. It's a strange year. It's not your normal lead up into a normal Tour de France, like what you plan like this time, like kind of plan now for what you're doing next year. So kind of everything's out the window and yeah, just, just went with the flow and did the local tens and stuff like that. And that was that was the preparation. So you, you know, you see riders doing the Vuelta at the moment mm. and people abandon every day and stuff and... Tour de France starts, it was Nice, was it Nice this nice. year? Yeah, nice, yeah, nice, Nice this year. Can you somehow, I'm trying to think of so many things I want to know about the Tour de France. Tell us the stuff that we don't see. Tell us the stuff that, do you still get nervous when someone pins your number on, in, on the bus? Tell us the things, what's it like on an evening? Are people obsessed about what they eat on a night, even though they're just doing a fucking grand tour? Yeah, yeah. Like if it were me, I'd be eating shit every night. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I, I'd just be, you know, just, I'd be eating as much as I can. Mm. What's it like? What are all these little things like? Yeah. Are, are, you, are you are you obsessed? You're not going to get ill. Yeah, no. It's strange, you know. You get there uh, like five days before it starts, and you're just in the hotel room. You do, you know, like normal routine. Wake up in the morning, eat, go out on your bike, train. Don't really know what training you should be doing. You're like doing three weeks on the bike. Should you be resting? Other guys are resting. You're training. You know, it's just it's just strange. You like question yourself. Like you got five days, a lot of time on your hands, leading into the biggest race you're gonna do. First Grand Tour I've ever done. You know, you're just questioning everything. There's a load of social media press. You know, we got guys messaging like ITV, BBC. Just so many people, you know, interested and it's hyped. It's the biggest race since lockdown sort of thing biggest race of the year largest sporting event potentially yeah. of after, the year after the Olympics yeah um, it's just massive and yeah I can remember being on the start line for the first first stage we set off in the neutral and honest to god I was swinging 
I was like, I was, I, I never look at my, my race screen is normally just like speed, distance, time. And in the neutral, we're going up this like bit of a hill in Nice. And I was suffering in the neutral. I'm thinking, what am I in for here? You know, three weeks. I like looked at my heart rate, which I don't like to do when I was at 160 beats, which is high for me. I'm thinking, oh my God, like, but it's just, it, but then I think now, and it's just the adrenaline, you know, the, the, the pressure, just like the scenario that I was in. And then as soon as the flag dropped, I was kind of in, you know, in the zone and stuff. But I can remember in that neutral, I was, I was suffering. And I was like questioning things just then, like, oh my God, what am I in for? And um, yeah, just going into things like that you don't see, um, you know, we we get, there's a, there's a chef and there's a, a, that cooks, you know, your breakfast, your um, evening meals. You go to hotel to hotel, but you don't have hotel field. The, the, the chef just takes over. Yeah, that does a buffet for you sort of thing. It's all on the teams. They all do their own food. Um, after some f- stages, you get ex- esco- your team bu- bus gets escorted by, you know, French police motorbikes. That's cool, like, isn't it? Gets all the public out of the way. Well, what's the police called in France? The gendarme. The gen- the the. It's called that. I'm sure it's called. Yeah, the the gendarme. Oh, those motorbikes are ridiculous. Right. They're like, they're, you see them on the motorway, and they're just going like 160 miles an hour down the mountains and everything. They're just ridiculous, and they're like, they ride as if they're cyclists, but you know, but four times as fast and on a big motorbike. It's um, so crazy. Evening meal. Yeah. I know. Stage 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another six hour day in the mountains. You're walking down to dinner. Mm. Can you walk? Is it, are, you, are your legs aching? Are you, are yeah. you happy? Uh, tired. Tired? Are yeah, you, are just, you, but are you miserable? Not miserable, no. It's just kind of, you know what I didn't like in the first few days? I was kind of like, I just want to be halfway through the race and into a routine. At that stage of the race, you're into a nice routine. The first few days, you're kind of wanting to be into the flow of it. You you just want those first three days out of the way. Settle down. Yeah. yeah. And um, stage 16, you, you know, you're fully into it and how you like routines there. Go down to dinner and just <laughs> just eat. And did you, would you have someone you sit next to or did you um, have someone you slept with? Yeah, not slept with, but did you, did you have someone who you'd room with or was it different? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same roommate throughout the whole tour. Kevin Lednoir, he was. Um, what was he like? And what was he like? Yeah, he's sound, you know. In Tell the, us about Kevin. What's Kevin like? Kevin is... Um, did you a, and Kevin get on? Yeah, no, we get on. It's uh, He can speak better English than I can speak better French. So our conversations was in English. And, um, and what would you do on a night? Is it just iPad, iPhone, don't fucking talk to me. I'm just, just I'm being an antisocial bastard. Goodbye. Pretty, pretty much, you know, like I thought before I went into Tour de France, you know, I've got a month here. I'm going to come out. I'm going to be fluent speaking, you know, loads of French and all this sort of stuff. But you're that tired and you're that just like you, you've got to concentrate all day in the Tour de France, you know, in the in the bunch, especially with like Nairo Quintana. He, he likes to be up near the front and that sort of stuff. And in the evening, you just want to switch off. Like I'm fed up with like, hearing French in the radio and, you know, French riders at the you know dinner table. Just let me chill out. I just want to either speak to my girlfriend um, or watch a bit of Netflix or something or just chill out. So, yeah, there wasn't really much conversation going on in the room and he was pretty similar. You know, he'd be watching, you know, his own Netflix series or something like that. But the video, the odd time, you know, we'd go to the toilet or something or we'd speak to each other about the stage 
and that sort of stuff. And that that's it, really. You just you're both doing the same thing, just chilling. What about, now? Every time I raced, I could never sleep on the night. Mm. No matter what time it started, because my legs would ache too much. Mm. I have this thing where I get really restless legs on a night yeah, in bed. Yeah. Did you sleep all right? Yeah, I slept. There was, yeah, I slept okay. There was a few nights. Thinking back now, I had a few few nights that I didn't sleep great at all. I was super tired, but just couldn't sleep. It's weird, isn't it? But the other big thing is the Tour de France timings are stupid. Like you don't start the stage until what one o'clock. So you wake up late in the morning, you're eating your breakfast late, you do the transfer, the stage starts at one, doesn't stick, finish while five or six, get to the hotel, have your massage, you're not eating your evening meal until like nine, half past nine. Some some nights like wouldn't finish, so you're finishing your meal like ten, half past ten, go back to your room, and then before you know it, it's like half past eleven, and you're still like wired, you know, because you, you only ate like an hour ago. So you're having these super late nights, but then you're getting that lane in the morning and it's just, I don't like, I don't like late nights or, you know, seeing like, imagine, well, a couple of nights, it's 12, it's midnight and I'm racing Tour de France. What am I doing? Why yeah. am I not asleep? Now that wouldn't bother me. Oh, it proper bothers me. Like, I think like half past 10, you know, need, need to go As sleep long as now. I knew I was, I could still get up late. Mm. I'm just all the numbers, man. Yeah. As long as I knew it was eight or nine hours sleep, I couldn't care. Yeah. I don't like seeing midnight, half past 11. Yeah, and thinking Connor, I'm racing Connor's the next out day. his comfort zone there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you better not come out on a night out with me. Um, what uh, What about, and I'll stop at the Tour de France, mm. this is my obsession here. When you're on the dinner table, someone like Nairo, mm. is he is he bothered about what he's eating? Uh, or is it you just get it all in? Yeah, he, ha he has a massive salad to start with. And then the, he just eats loads of uh, seafood. So he'll have prawns, mussels, all, you know, the shebang, like, just has a massive salad, a load of seafood, and then he'll just have a big plate of pasta, or uh, not pasta because he's gluten-free, like rice. Um, yeah, he, get, he gets it in. He, and, and he, he eats are, a lot. Are you allowed dessert? Yeah, yeah, there was always, like, there's, like, a healthy dessert that they make, like a bit of apple pie or fruit pie or something. But no alcohol? To be fair, a couple of nights... Uh, might be a bit of a glass of wine or something, or you know, just a small glass, just to take the edge just, off. Yeah, yeah. God, mm. it's uh, yeah. Now, or on the rest days, yeah. you can have a glass of wine on the rest day. Mm. Uh, now, we're getting through this. Now we're getting towards the end. You know, I've been thinking about you these this past week. You know, leading up to this and what sort of ride you are and your development and you know where you're going to go. And I jokingly said downstairs, you're a skinny roulette. How do you see yourself and how do you see your, you know, your transformation from? Envelope Masters or whatever it was called to Tarke, and you know where where do you see yourself going? Because I, you're not your typical Ian Stannard, big grizzly mm. bear type yeah, rider. Yeah. You know, you, to me, you're the type of person who can literally do everything. Mm. Yeah, like the the riders that I'd like to think I'd become like, uh, you know, you're like Bob Jungle sort of guy. Um, yeah, you know he does the classics. He gets his own opportunity in the classics at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season. But that middle middle part of the season, he fits into his domestique role, and then he gets his odd odd chance in a, the odd stage. You know, that's real grippy. Or there's twenty or thirty guys, you know, left at the finish, and there's guys attacking and that sort of stuff. So just kind of like a guy that gets his own opportunity at the beginning and at the end of the year, and you know those one day sort of tough races that whittle down um, and suit me as a rider, and then. During the season, just fit into a domestic role. You know, I, I enjoy it. 
Um, and then the odd stage in a stage race or something, you know, just have a bit of free reign and, uh, you know, give the give the dice a roll. And I'd like to improve on my time trialling, you know, that, that sort of area. Um, but yeah, just like, like my progression coming from, you know, like the UK scene, National Bees, yeah, yeah, you won't remember this, but can you remember the Herbalife days? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, um, there's, there's a course near here and I can remember me and you raced against each other. I was scared of you back then. I was scared of you in the Herbalife days. Someone else said they scared him. Gab said he was scared Anyway, of me. you said to me... Yeah, go on. <laughs> go on. <laughs> me and you was at the back of this bunch. I'm kind of like learning my bit of racecraft <laughs> yeah. here. And I'm kind of like... Oh, Richmond. Uh, Went up know. a big hill. Nathan Ebenson won. Yeah, maybe. You got third. I don't know, but I was scared of you because you said to me, um, I was I was trying to take you off the back of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> Cheeky bastard. <laughs> so we was in this bunch... I'm like learning a bit of racecraft, you know, guys are, someone's not working at the back or something like this and, you know, you'll you'll let the wheel go at the back and then yeah. I'll sprint or make you work. So this is what I was trying to do. You was at the back for whatever reason. That's not like me, to be fair. No, I don't I don't think we was in a, going through and off or anything like that. I think the move's gone or something yeah. and we're, you're just dicking around or something. Anyway, I'm at the back with you and I let the wheel go in this line and you're like... <laughs> You say to me, go on, let it, you say let it go. to me, you're like, fuck off, you cunt. <laughs> you're like, you shit bastard. <laughs> so I've took you off the back. Yeah, yeah. You say to this to me, and you yeah, hit yeah. me. And I no, like, I would, I, did I actually hit? No, 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 like hit me as in like attack me. Oh, I was going to gonna say because I would never, no, you never live to get back to the bunch. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously I get back to the bunch and then we don't say anything to yeah. each other and then finish the race and I can remember seeing you after the race and I'm shitting myself. But I'm, thinking, yeah, I'm thinking you're going to come over and punch me here. Uh, oh, yeah, but anything, no, nothing happened. We didn't even speak to each other after the race. Oh, that's, do you know what? That's what I, do you know what? But I was scared of you back then and I was like, oh my God. But I wanted to bring that up in this because I was like, can you remember that or not? Do you know what? You're not the first person to say that. And I think just when I used to race, oh, I try and... My career wasn't career. I, it wasn't very long because I gave, I, I like to think I, I just gave everything. Yeah, yeah. Every, I remember like, I, I think I averaged like fourth, no, third in every national beat I mm, ever did. My yeah. average was third. I was always in the break. Mm. I remember doing the John May Memorial with Graham Briggs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was flying that yeah. year. And I got in the break again. It was towards the end of the year. It was just me and him. And I remember saying to him, look at me, I'm just not bothered. I'm bored of being yeah. in the break. And it sounds so, it sounds so, um, what's the word here? Like I'm trying to show off. Yeah, yeah. And he started giving me sweets and chocolates. <laughs> I was pocketing <laughs> these celebrations to make me carry on. Right. And I went, mate, I'm just not bothered. You, you can have it. And, you, yeah. and I got off and he won. Yeah, right. And I just, I, don't know, I just got to this point where just being in the break was just like, um, I don't know, I think once you know how to do it, mm. it just kind of, it just, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. easy. It just mm. clicks with you. And it is quite hard work being in the break all the time. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's not an easy thing to no, do. No, no, no. But no, I do miss those days. And I do remember you, I do, no, that race, I can't remember that race, but I do remember you getting third up at Richmond and Nathan winning. And I think Dave Clark got second. No, maybe you didn't get third. I think you maybe, Oh, that hilly course. 
the Richmond Grand Prix. Yeah, 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 I can remember you saying something to me after. And it went yeah. up a long street. Oh, yeah, you said, oh, you're going well, mate. Something yeah, like that to me, yeah. That day. Oh, yeah, you I can f- remember. You were but, f- like, come, yeah, so coming from these races and to being where I am now, like the Tour de France, it's... It's mad, isn't it? It's crazy, and I, I hope it, you know, inspires, like, other lads, you know, that are thinking now after, like, you know, this tough year that we've had, thinking of just sacking it off. But hopefully it'll be a, a better year next year, and you can... You don't have to be like. In, I never did a a race for GB under twenty three, you you know, like as it like an academy sort of ride. And I've never worn the GB jersey as a junior or an under twenty three. First time I wore a GB ju- jersey was as a senior in the World Championships. Um, so like, it just shows like I've never done an under twenty three race. It's always been like the UK or like senior professional races sort of thing. It's um. You know, other people can do it. And, so what's you know, it down to then? I think it's down to accepting that fact that you don't, you're like, there might be guys now that are the same age as you that are, you know, going better than you are or you think they've got a better opportunity of where they are in, in the team at the minute now, but just stick at it. And like Luke Rose said to me in the tour, like the, the is it the creme or the cream always rises to yeah, the top? Yeah. Like if you've got the talent and if you know it, then... I think you can, you know, you, you can get there. Wow, that's amazing. That Thank that's re- that's really good. That to see that, and it's, and look, it it has been, it's been great having you on the show. Um, I've been, you know, looking at you and like watching the Tour de France because we, Amy's here, we were watching the Tour de France all the time, and just it's, I have it on in the background, mm. and it's, you know day 19 and you're still going and I'm not out of bed or <laughs> do, do you know what I mean it, it's been you know and I hope we go for a ride one day mm, you know we'll, right, definitely. we obviously don't live too hey, I tell you what we're going to do we're going to come up Donny lads are going over to ambush the Lee's chain gang <laughs> we're just going to turn up one night and we're just going to hit it Dick, we're like, just going to come we're going to come and then and then me and Tom Stewart are saying we want a bit of rivalry. Tom we want look, those guys want to come over here and there, hit it, and then you guys come over to ours. Look, we can have some gangs. There isn't a rivalry because it, the Leeds one's just better. No, it's just it's not. Older. Don't give me that nonsense. If you look at the quality of chain gangs, the Leeds one is just no. unbelievable, no and it's way. the numbers the Leeds gets. Oh, the num- you haven't you seen the Donny gang the, 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 down the Trent on a Tuesday mo- a Tuesday it, morning. We're it, talking about it's the root. people at work here. Tuesday Look, morning, people are ripping down there in crosswinds. <laughs> t- I, I have heard about this Donny chain gang. Oh, it's I, unbelievable. I think, I think I went on it once with Tom Stewart. He took me out for a ride before. Yeah. And then after, and Jake Tanner used to, yeah. Um, but look, Connor, it has been, it's been so interesting hearing about just all, it, that's what I wanted to know, all the mm. little things and stuff. And look, you've done the tour and I hope next season you're at Arkea Samsic for two more years. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you, you're going to get a win. It's it's just going to happen. Um, Hopefully, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, that's it. Thank you ever so much. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. The Yorkshire Grit Podcast. Subscribe now on iTunes and Spotify.